0: And welcome to the very first episode of the Peak State Fit Experience. My name is Heather Casey. I am owner of Peak State Fit, along with my husband, Pat Casey, who will probably be appearing on the podcast occasionally. Um, So welcome to the Peak State Fit Experience podcast. We're recording here at the Peak State Fit Performance Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. You're listening to our very first episode and inspiration is something we talk, we're going to talk about today. I'd like to share why I felt inspired to begin our first podcast and why we're doing it now. So Peak State Fit has placed an importance on education as part of our mission from the very beginning of our business, and then even more so now, as I'm sort of taking a little bit of a backseat to some of our direct services and working more in business. And in that business aspect, I really want to grow our education. And so education, sharing knowledge is one of our main missions. And so what better way to do that than with a podcast? So this week, I'm launching a lot of things in the Peak State Fit experience. We're launching courses. We're launching a new blog to go along with the podcast and a whole online community. So we hope you check all these things out. Our first course, Nail Your First Ironman, is now available, and we'll talk about that as well. So um, today, the title of this podcast is Ironman Inspiration, and Ironman Inspiration comes from a lot of different places, and we want to hear today from our first guest, Kayla Bowker. I'm going to let her introduce herself. But, um Kayla is a Peak State Fit coach athlete and has been since two thousand and seventeen. And I would like for her to introduce herself.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Heather. Um well, first, just thanks for having me. Um, this is I think this is a really cool thing that you're doing. Um, I believe very strongly in education and helping to, really encourage people to you know kind of find who they are and a lot of that comes from the more that they can do that the more they learn and there just needs to be more of that so um i think this is awesome um as okay. as heather said i'm caleb Bowker. uh i am a uh recently pre- uh became a professional triathlete i am the owner and founder of where you Feet take you triathlon and mental performance coaching um, I am a mom of two little boys and, um, I, like I said, coached athlete, of uh, peak state fit, uh, Heather and I have been working together since 2017 and we've done some awesome things together. So, uh, and more to come. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah I think that's just very, very nitty gritty who I, very, very high end who I am. Um, there's a lot more to it obviously, but, um, yeah. yeah
0: before we dive into talking about Iron Man specifically um because you didn't share in your introduction which is perfectly fine but let's back up and I want to hear um, more from you about your athletic career even backing up to youth and high school
1: yeah so um, athletics have always been a part of my life it's kind of what I don't know what we did growing up my parents put us into everything that we wanted to try. Um, they are a firm believer that you should try everything and you'll find something that sticks. Um, and on top of that, that's just kind of what we did. We were a very adventurous family and whether, you know, sport became part of that adventure. Um, so I started skiing and I think that's what a lot of people don't real- know about me is that I was actually a skier, um, big time skier, ski racer. I raced for re- a regional team, um, until I was 18, but I started skiing at the age of two, two and a half. Um, and then I started running at a very young age as well. I think I actually did my first track meet in like fifth or sixth grade, um, down at Eugene, Oregon. It was called the Hershey's track meet and one of the coolest like things ever, um, played yeah. soccer, volleyball, softball, um, you name it. But in re- mostly what I did um, kind of growing up through high school was um, I played soccer in the fall. I skied in the summer and winter, and then I ran track in the spring and kind of through the summer a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. moving through kind of into college, I continued running uh, where I ran for Gonzaga University on their track and cross-country team. Um, I took a little bit of a break after college cause I was a little bit burnt out I was dealing with, um, some residual issues from a eating disorder that led into, mm-hmm. um, pretty horrible anemia and just a lot of deficit. And I just had burnt myself out because of it. Um, so I moved to actually Salt Lake, uh, for a year where I lived there for a year to be a ski bum. Mm-hmm. I skied and waited tables and that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and eventually got into triathlon in 2013, Um, and now here we are in 2023, still doing it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, when did you begin thinking about triathlon and specifically Ironman, and what what inspired you to do your first Ironman?
1: So I jumped into triathlon, which I started the Olympic, kind of the Olympic distance. There's a local trap. A couple, the uh, Spokane actually has. Had and still does um, have some really great local triathlons, Um, and I jumped into it because at the time I was going through some stuff, and I thought, what better way to help kind of refine who I am? And this is actually really the reason I'm kind of going back to that is because it's really paramount to this, you know, this inspiration and this, but this belief Mm -hmm. piece that you know that is kind of the basis of what we're talking about and kind of so important with Ironman in general. But I, I was really struggling with who I was believing in myself. I had no confidence. I was really angry. I was just this kind of the this, this shell of a person and I, I didn't like it. Um, and I kind of thought, well, what better way to fix this problem <laughs> than to do something extremely hard? And I was like, well, what's the hardest thing that mm-hmm. you can know? I had done half marathons already. I had done 10 K's, you know, I had I, kind of done that piece of it. Um, and I didn't think a marathon actually sounded all that hard. And I was like, that's not, I'm not going to do it for me. I need yeah. harder. Right. And so I said, "Well, triathlon's hard. I'm gonna do a triathlon." Yeah. Um. And so I kind of jumped into it and fell in love with it. Fell in love with the sport. And more importantly, through that, realized that I actually really did love who I was. So not only did I fall yeah. in love with the sport and create a passion, this huge passion for this sport that has not died off at all. Mm-hmm. I think, as you well yeah. know, I love the sport. <laughs> I love everything about it. Um. And that kind of re-sparked this. Yeah this passion for myself and this belief in myself. And it was like instantaneous. I remember being on the bike in the middle of this triathlon that I did smiling and being like, it was the first time I really, (laughs) really, really smiled in quite some time. And, um, so I immediately finished that one, signed up for another one and then qualified for age group, um, nationals and just kind of through that, you know, process of, you know, going to age group nationals. And then I just I knew that I always wanted to do more. I wanted to go harder. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take that next step. I wanted to push myself more. So I jumped in and did, I was like, well, the next step is, you know, Olympics are not that hard, not that hard. And if you're watching this on YouTube, (laughs) you'll see my air quotes. (laughs) If you're not, that is in massive air quotes because they are extremely hard. But at the time my thought was, it just didn't feel like it was enough of a challenge for me and i wanted to push my body brain soul emotions to that next limit and that was jumping into long course um and i really really fell in love with long course racing um i just felt like that was Mm -hmm. where i belonged and that was kind of where i I wanted to be um and so then that you know i did a seventy point threes for about a year and was doing pretty well at them and again i just wanted more i wanted to see how far i could push and where i could what i could find about myself on the other side and that was exciting yeah. and ironman was that because yeah yes there's longer stuff out there in life like 100 mile like these are all produce similar response but there is something about a full mm-hmm. distance triathlon that is takes it to that next level and I wanted yeah. a piece of it
0: I love that you said I think you said I wanted to see what was on the other side the person on the other side and I think that's why I, I, I still love,
1: love I think I, that's why I still love triathlon because no matter where you're at yeah. even even now like I've reached I've hit that professional level and that was that goal of mine that pretty sure I told you in like 2017 when we were on our first call, like, (laughs) Hey, I think I could take this to the professional level. Um, Mm -hmm. why I thought that I, know I just (laughs) believed in myself so much, but it's that still, and someone asked me recently, okay, you've reached that goal that you've been working on for five years. Well, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay wanting Mm -hmm. to? And I said, well, a couple of things, one, I I just straight up love the sport. And that makes me, keeps me motivated, but more than anything, it doesn't mean that I'm done finding out more about me and finding more about how far yeah. I can go and who I can push myself to become. And and you always find out every time, every training mm-hmm. day, every race, always yeah. find out a little bit more about who is on the other side. And that is really powerful and why I love this sport,
0: Right. And in the past three years for you have been phenomenal to see this new person coming through becoming a mom and then having a second child being hit by a car for the second time (laughs) in a race, I mean, Arizona and, you know, and those very and other events that we don't have time to talk about, but I mean, you it's in three years, I can think of so many things that have, you know, you know, created this evolution of Kayla. And certainly it has created even more, um, Uh, you know strength for you to build on for everything that you do um well all right my second question is what when so we did talk about you wanting to become a professional athlete but when did you have an idea even if it was maybe when you were a ski racer did you have an idea of wanting to excel to an elite level in sports yep always always. always um
1: I, i I've always wanted to excel just in general. I just like to excel. Um, I was the, <laughs> I was that person who, and so when I switched from fifth to sixth grade, you know, in fifth grade, I think you just get like performance grades, right? Like you did excellent. Yeah. Yay. Um, <laughs> and in sixth grade, you start getting A, B, C, Ds. Well, I went to my parents mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to be a Val Victorian. And they said, well, that's great, Kayla. That's awesome. I said, no. I will get straight A's from now until 12th grade. Wow. And I did. I think I got an A minus, yeah. one A minus, but I got straight A's. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's the best example of just I've always wanted to excel. Always wanted yeah. to reach for something. I've always wanted to kind of push that limit and I didn't know that about you, you know, whether, <laughs> you know. And so I in sport was always just, you know, I just wanted to improve um I I was kind of in a, in a space where I've really come into my own. I always had potential and I could see the potential and I I just never felt like I could totally grasp it until I got out of college. Um, and then I've, I've definitely one of those people that, um, have excelled more out of college and it really kind of came down to, I think though, that's a, that's a confidence issue, um, yeah. I always knew I had potential, but I could just never touch that potential. I think it really came down to just not believing in myself quite enough to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You know, and looking back at at my own life, I can definitely see. I mean, it's so obvious mm-hmm. when you look at it. From yeah, twenty <laughs> twenty. The times that you're doing amazing things in your life um, are are the times when you are supported by your network of family, friends, and loved ones, and you're confident, mm-hmm. you know, it, um, I, yeah, you can see it so clearly, just wish you could, you know, the times I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back and like correct all the things, but no, no, that's who, that's who- no, it is, it's, <laughs> it's part of who we are and
1: it probably wouldn't have led to where I am now. So we're on some weird path yeah. and that path is whatever it needs to be.
0: Right. Yeah. And I did want to go back and say, I of course know how driven you are to excel at all things, but I didn't know about the valedictorian piece and about making the promise to your parents to make all A's. Yep. yep. I basically (laughs) just went to them and said, I'm going to do this. And they said, "Uh, okay,
1: well,
0: go. Most kids (laughs) have that threatened upon them. You must, you must make good grades. (laughs) That
1: was uh, It was my, I was going to do it. And it was hard because yeah. I, I definitely had some pieces in school that I struggled with, but it, I would go to I'd go early, I'd stay late. I, yeah. I did all the things to do it. so
0: yeah And so I don't want the um, this question to seem so obvious in saying, what inspires you daily? Mm-hmm. Because you've got, you know, your beautiful family and a lot of things that are pretty obvious that inspire you, but there've got to be a few little nuggets that maybe are, are things that inspire you that aren't frequently talked about.
1: Um, yeah. And no, so I think if we're really just if we want to talk to her in general, or, and 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 I'm I'm going to sound a little bit repetitive in this instance, but re- really does inspire me is again just how much I love the sport and my 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 drive, and I think that's a big piece of it. I mm-hmm the fact that I love to push myself is a big inspiration for me. And it's often what I, when it gets hard and kind of what I turn, turn back to, um, you know, when I don't want to or anything like that, or it's tight, I'm tired and it's been long and my kids haven't slept and I haven't slept in years. And I just always go back to how much I love what I'm doing. And, not even necessarily again, it's a triathlon is that big piece of it, but that, that desire to kind of push myself and to always, you know, find out what more is going on. And so that's a big, big Mm -hmm. inspiration for me. Um, so, you know, for kind of, you know, it's a little bit threefold. And again, then the next piece, it really, my kids are a big inspiration for me. And and it's not just Mm -hmm. them necessarily, but it's showing them that mom did not necessarily give up on a dream. And I was having a conversation with somebody else about this. And she said, well, what happens if you you know, your kids just aren't interested in triathlon? And I said, well, that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily the point of why I'm doing triathlon Mm -hmm. and what I want to show them what I want to show them Mm -hmm. and what inspires me and what keeps me going is and motivates me in that, in that sense, what keeps me dedicated to this particular sport is that this is my passion and what the point Mm -hmm. is not to have them be into triathlon though. I hope maybe that they do love it. Like I do, but to show, to show that if you are passionate about something, you have to work hard at it and that you should never give up on yourself and that the that belief and confidence in yourself is one of the, like your most prized possessions and so that yeah. is what i can what i can show them through triathlon and it really doesn't yeah. matter you know what it is and she said well what if there's not even sport like what if they're a nerd and i said i was a nerd like if we go back to that go <laughs> yeah. back to my my Victorian example maybe that's what I just needed to sh- want to show, them. but to show them that they can do that, that they can be driven to yeah. set a goal, work towards a goal, be dedicated and disciplined to it and, and ride the ups and downs and still come out the other end, happy and confident in who they are. So that's kind of the big piece, um, you know, big piece for me. And then, you know, lastly, if this will sound a little bit cliche, but in the world that we live in is a very social media driven world. And through that, you know, there's a lot of, chance for us to um, inspire others and that actually is, it does inspire myself. I want to help yeah. other. I have been down that road where I didn't believe. I didn't have confidence. I, I did not like myself at all. and it caused mm-hmm. a lot of problems. And I want to show other people that you you can believe what the power that belief in yourself can do and what it can help motivate you through. Um, and so that actually does that, that inspires me. So it's kind of a threefold yeah. answer for you.
0: Yeah, great answer. You know, and I, I, I agree. So many people are inspired by you on social media and in lots of places. Um, but I think that you have a great presence on social media, showing the, your life as a mom, your life as an athlete, you know, and the, how that all works together, Um, we've seen a lot of that recently with Chelsea Mm Sodaro and so many moms just doing amazing things, um, in triathlon. And I, I think that sort of this wave of not only being proud to be a mom, but being proud to be a mom in Ironman triathlon and have your family Mm -hmm. there with you. is really, um, I feel like when the, the PTO, the professional triathlon organization Go offered maternity leave to their female athletes and Chelsea Sodaro was able to take advantage of that. This is definitely a, a side note, but I've I sensed a big mm-hmm. shift in acceptance on social media of seeing moms and their mm-hmm. babies and because people really didn't I, want to see. I, that felt, I felt
1: the shift between my first kid and my second kid. So if we're talking Chelsea Sodaro, my my second kid, Baylor, is the similar age to Chelsea Sodaro's uh, little girl Sky. And, um, what I, there was a huge shift between, and my kids are only six, barely, not even a year and a half apart. I think they're like, I think they're like 14 ish month, 14 to 16 months apart. So more in that range. So, um, that, you know, I got pregnant less than a year, (laughs) um, after having my first and I saw a shift in that last year.
0: From my first kid, with
1: my first kid, I had a lot of backlash towards what, as you know, Mm -hmm. and what if people that do follow me, I was very open about the mental and emotional struggles that I had with pregnancy. Mm -hmm. The fact that I didn't really want to be pregnant, that I was, that I was sad that I was missing out, that, that I struggled to find connection being pregnant. I didn't love, I hated pregnancy. Um, And that I was very, very adamant that that I was not going to change my life because this kid was coming into it. I was going to fit the kid into my life. And I got a lot of backlash for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had to constantly fight for what I believed in and not give up. And and I definitely had some hate for it. Didn't feel that at all. Didn't feel that at all when I was pregnant with Baylor basically yeah. didn't get any of it. So huge shift, even in that one year time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a piece of that, you know, does have a, a lot of, you know, professional women across the board. I mean, we're, we that started to show they could, I mean, look at Serena Williams who came back after having her kid, um, right. you know, and she's a, you know, she's a big name, care, care, goucher. Um, you know, we've got, mm-hmm. you know, pe- a lot of people, Sarah True, um, Chelsea Sidaro uh Rennie Carefree like lots of you mm-hmm. know higher people started to do this and started to show that it can be um you know and so I just hope that you know at the time I was just a you know just I don't like to use just an age grouper because I believe the age groupers are important and that we um I just yeah. came from that world and it, you have to be an age grouper to get to where you need to but I think that you know my hope is that being a little bit more on less is the high profile to show that hey we can still do these great things no matter who we are we don't mm-hmm. have to be the, the professional athlete to do them so
0: right so very true um all right so you what with training we want to talk um, about I wanted you to sort of go into your beginner's mindset and share because one of the things that we are sharing is you know about the, the course nail your first iron man which we're not going to talk about the course too much today but the people I'm um, sort of interested in that are coming from that mm-hmm. beginner's mindset and give us three of your top training tips and sort of link it to inspiration so it doesn't mm-hmm. I mean you can go wild with it but not pro tips, mm-hmm. beginner tips.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I really think uh, one one thing that's really important, um and I, and I, this is gonna sound a little bit cliche, and I tell this to my I tell this to my athletes all the time when we're going doing pre-race calls is have fun. And this sounds so dumb, and it sounds mm-hmm. so like, well, that's lame and like not really that great of a tip. Um, but it's not a cop-out, but it's it's so true. The more fun that you yeah. have with what you're doing, the easier everything is. This comes down to racing and yeah. training. And the more that you can kind of say, I'm I'm out here to have fun. Like, right, we choose to do this. We're choosing this. We we, we choose to swim. We choose to bike. We choose to run. Mm-hmm. And most likely, if you're choosing to do an Ironman, you are in love with one or two or three of the disciplines. You love it, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we get yeah. started in it. Remember that.
0: Because the training yeah. is
1: hard. It's going to be hard. It, it is. It's, yeah. it's hard. It's long. It's a lot. So if you have yeah. fun with have it, fun. Everything else becomes easier. So that's probably my number one. And I think it's important for people to remember across the board. And you'll you'll hear professionals that the ones that have the best races are the ones that go out there and they're before them. Yes, they have a race plan. Yes, they have Mm -hmm. numbers they potentially want to hit. But their number one goal is to remember that they love what they do and they're out there to have fun. So I think that's super important that you have to remember that. And that has to be a big foundation of what it is that you're doing.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite um, talks of all time specific to triathlon is the Mark Allen. And I I, honestly, I didn't even think about mentioning this talk today, but it's the, it's called inspiration Mm -hmm. by Mark Allen. And it's, you know, his reflection on how he had to completely change his mindset as an athlete Mm -hmm. because he realized that he wasn't doing as well. He started to lose a couple of races, as I recall. And he realized that he was just headbutting everything mm-hmm. and coming up with resistance. And that's when he discovered um, a lot of meditation practice and I, um, different mindfulness practices and said that he made the transition to come mm-hmm. at each race with peace mm-hmm. and that his whole mindset shift yep. changed his athletic performance. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's just really, yeah. really key. Um, and that kind of leads into like my next tip a little bit is okay. to don't overfocus on the data, especially as a beginner. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think everybody should mm-hmm. not overfocus on the data. I was actually listening to right. um, the uh, podcast done with uh, Christian Blumenthal and Gustav um, I, Eden's um, coach, and he said they're very right. They're very they're very scientific and all these pieces. But he said at the end of the day, mm-hmm. these are just ways for you to understand your body a little bit more. but they're not the end. all be all at the end of the day. It's still you and your pace. Everything else is fairly irrelevant. Right. And I think that's really, we know that it's (laughs) very important because, um, it's really easy in the world that we live in, especially honestly, as a beginner, um, to get really caught up in, Oh, my power needs to be this way. My pace needs to be this way. I need my heart rate needs to be here. Um, my lactate needs to be this. Mm -hmm. And, and, in, rea- in reality you as a beginner you're going to grow a lot so let yourself mm-hmm. grow let yourself grow yeah. don't put so much expectation on exactly what you need to be at and just allow yourself to be present in who you are at the moment to grow within that and so right. you know numbers are important and data is important but it is not the end all mm-hmm. be all to you know who you are and, and, and on top of that everybody is different one athlete can ride 200 and 50 Watts and a 70.3 and the other rides 220. And you know what, they may come across the line in the same amount of time. They're just different athletes and they produce Mm -hmm. different pieces. It's not, you know, so, um, especially as a beginner try to let go of some of those pieces and use it more as a guideline to help you grow, but to stay really present in, in within what you're doing. And that, that, that present piece is that last piece. Um, The more present that you can be in setting, you know, being intentional about who and what you're doing and why you're doing it and the the foundation of why you got into this, the more fun
0: all of it is. Yeah. And with the the focus on the data piece, too, you know, if if you get too caught up there, then you lose the happiness. You do. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, you do very easily, yeah.
1: and I mean you're gonna have, good, and and I think it's important. to Like you're gonna have good days and bad days, and those numbers don't always matter.
0: Um, so. Yeah, yeah, staying fully present is so is so hard, um, and I think even even you and I are guilty of that in our coach athlete relationship. Occasionally, I would say more so you, um, and that's and I'm gonna give a specific example because I said that of finishing a race. And then immediately talking about what you need to do ah, like, yes, very much out there. Out there. Yep. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, let's celebrate right yep. here what you mm-hmm. just did.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I feel for me, I will say for me, I think that a lot of that comes from the excitement that I get from it. Like that, that mm. I think, and that that's that innate desire to always want to improve and always want to try. Um, and that's actually, you know, a a piece of that's always been something I've, I've been like okay you need to just celebrate what you, what just occurred um and yeah. um I mean I tell that to my athletes all the time I say don't we don't want to talk about it for 24 to 48 yeah. hours because you need to just be present in 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 what it is that you're feeling in
0: this moment and then move on <laughs> right yeah Um, Okay, so now I want to give you a little bit of spotlight to tell us about your mental coaching performance, um, your mental performance coaching, and um, just tell us like some of the things that make how you offer your programs a little different than others and um what you offer yeah and so I you know I think one of the main
1: reasons I got into mental performance coaching it really comes down to kind of what we've talked about like in this in this this whole podcast this the power that I found from making this switch of not believing in myself to believing in myself and what it did for me um and Mm what who it allowed me to become And seeing kind of seeing what that has done for me over the years. Um, And I really wanted to kind of help other athletes to find that as well, because I noticed with as as a triathlon coach myself that a lot of times what I was working with athletes on mostly, again, wasn't the data, but trying to get them to come to terms with who they are, being present within it, belief in the confidence themselves and then how to kind of cultivate that. And I wanted to do that on a little bit bigger scale on a bigger level um, mm-hmm. and to then to kind of pr- provide and kind of share my expertise of what I've learned from myself. And then, you know, my, my learnings and stuff like that. So I um, offer yeah. mental performance coaching, which is based, you know, is, and I do it one on one is the main way that I do it um, with um, eight week and 12 week programs where we just, we, uh, they're, they're very fluid. So I don't have like a specific structure that I do have for them, but they're very, very fluid to help working through what roadblocks it is that you might be experiencing with. And usually, obviously my niche is obviously triathletes and athletes, but I often find that we go down the realm of like work and and life and those pieces because they all um, interconnect. And I think Mm -hmm. that's also why I love triathlon so much is because what you learn in triathlon, you can take into the rest of your life. Um, um, and so we really kind of focus on those. I, my main focus and what I think I speak the most on, it was my little bit of my niche is what I call the self series, self-talk, self-confidence, self-belief, um, and what that can do for you. Um, because they really are kind of the foundations of mental performance, um, which, is a widespread and, and very vast <laughs> um, yeah. uh, concept. Um, and really what I do is just try to help cultivate um, belief and passion for yourself, um, you know, through rewiring how you talk to yourself. And I think that's the important piece with m- mental performance is a lot of times we think, Oh, well, we need to change. Well, no, not really. We are already who we need to be. But we need to yep. rewire how we talk to ourselves so that we can actually get the best out of ourselves, um, And that's what mm-hmm. I really try to focus on. Um, so right now, again, the, right now, the main way that I work with athletes is on a one-to-one basis. I do, um, um, will be having um, some other uh, avenues come out in the new year, um, which I'm not going to go into any detail on because I have still working okay. out on them and I don't want <laughs> yeah. to make promises that I can't keep. Um, right. So yeah, that's, and yeah, it's kind of the main, main thing that I do and why, again, why I started it is because there was so much power. It did so much for me to how I changed my mindset in it. Um, And I've had to do it many times. I've gone, gone through it, you know, Mm -hmm. back in 2013 was, was a big shift for me. And then again, you know, kind of in 2017 range, um, I made a big shift and then um, when I got pregnant with my first kid I had to make a big shift and all of it, mm-hmm. the reason I was able to come out of all of it was because I, I didn't necessarily focused on external, but I focused on internal pieces and, um, it's very
0: powerful. Yeah. Awesome. And how would somebody, um, start working with you?
1: Um, you can, uh, basically just reach out to me, um, either via, um, Instagram's a great way. I'm smart where I'm, definitely the most active. Um, and that's where you feet take you, or you can look up Caleb Bowker, you'll find me, or, um, you can also head over to my website, which is where you feet take Um, and we just set up a, a consult, a 30 minute free consult to kind of chat, um, about potentially, you know, what it is and to go over, you know, how I could potentially help just to make sure that we, you know, are good fit and you feel like you are going to get what you need. Um, and then we dive in and go for yeah. it.
0: Yeah, awesome. And I will put um, in the show notes your link to your website, of course. Um, I want to thank you for being on today. Yeah, thank you. I think that. So the where we plan to go from here with the podcast, um, this first series of the podcast is going to focus on the nail your first Ironman course. And so basically what we're doing is breaking down the course and doing a podcast each week on the whole awesome. course, and so we're opening today with Ironman inspiration because that's where mm-hmm. we start the course. That's, that's, how, you, that's how you, you start got it. an Ironman. You have to you
1: have to be excited for yeah. it. You have to want to do it, and that comes from yeah. inspiration. And wherever you find that inspiration, you know it can be found in a lot of different and you know a lot of different avenues and. That's really yeah. cool. That's why, that's why, that's another reason yeah. why traveling so cool. You go to a start line and you see just everybody's got a story of why they were there yeah. and everybody's story is different.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, so next week um, we will cover how to choose a race. Cool. And I'll talk about a few different um, aspects of choosing a race based off of um, the actual terrain of the race, what your specific goals are, even things like budgeting and considerations for your family. And so that'll be next week. And I'm sure you will be back on at some point. Always here. I'd (laughs)
1: love anything
0: I can do to help. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, look forward to seeing you again soon and I appreciate everything. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
1: you will be great (laughs) yeah okay yep no worries Awesome thanks Heather um, well first just thanks for having me um, this is I think this is a really cool thing that you're doing um, I believe very strongly in education and helping to really encourage people to you know kind of find who they are and a lot of that comes from the more that they can do that the more they learn and there just needs to be more of that so um, I think this is awesome um, as, as Heather said I'm Kayla Bowker uh, I am a, uh, recently, pre- uh, became a professional triathlete. I am the owner and founder of where Your feet take you triathlon and mental performance coaching. Um, I am a mom of two little boys and, um, I, like I said, coached athlete, of uh, peak state fit, uh, Heather and I have been working together since 2017 and we've done some awesome things together. So, uh, more to come, right. Um, So, yeah, I think that's just very, very nitty gritty who I very, very high end who I am. Um, There's a lot more to it, obviously, but yeah. 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 So, um, athletics have always been a part of my life. It's kind of what, I don't know what we did growing up. My parents put us into everything that we wanted to try. Um, they are a firm believer that you should try everything and you'll find something that sticks. Um, and on top of that, that's just kind of what we did. We were a very adventurous family and whether, you know, sport became part of that adventure. Um, so I started, skiing and i think that's what a lot of people don't really know about me is that i was actually a skier um big time skier ski racer i raced for re- a regional team um until i was 18 but i started skiing at the age of two two and a half um and then i started running at a very young age as well i think i actually did my first track meet in like fifth or sixth grade um down at eugene oregon it was called the hershey's track meet it was one of the coolest like things ever um played soccer volleyball softball, um, you name it. But mostly what I did um, kind of growing up through high school was um, I played soccer in the fall. I skied in the summer and winter. And then I ran track in the spring and kind of through the summer a little bit. Um, And moving through kind of into college, I continued running uh, where I ran for Gonzaga University on their track and cross-country team. Um, I took a little bit of a break after college because I was a little bit burnt out I was dealing with um, some residual issues from a eating disorder that led into um, pretty horrible anemia and just a lot of deficit and I just had burnt myself out because of it um, so I moved to actually Salt Lake uh, for a year where I lived there for a year to be a ski bum. I skied and waited tables and that's what I did um. And eventually got into triathlon in two thousand thirteen, um, and now here we are in two thousand twenty three, still doing it. Mm-hmm. So I jumped into triathlon, which I started the Olympic kind of the Olympic distance. There's a local trap. A couple, the uh, Spokane actually has. Had and still does um, have some really great local triathlons, Um, and I jumped into it because at the time I was going through some stuff, and I thought, what better way to help kind of refine who I am? And this is actually really the reason I'm kind of going back to that is because it's really paramount to this, you know, this inspiration and this, but this belief piece that you know that is kind of the basis of what we're talking about and kind of so important with Ironman in general. But I I was really struggling with who I was. Believing in myself, I had no confidence. I was really angry. I was just this kind of this, this shell of a person, and I, I didn't like it. Um, and I kind of thought, well, what better way to fix this problem <laughs> than to do something extremely hard? And I was like, well, what's the hardest thing that you know? I had done half marathons already. I had done ten k's. You know, I had I, kind of done that piece of it, um, and I didn't think a marathon actually sounded all that hard. And I was like, that's not I'm not going to do it for me. I need harder. And so I said, "Well, triathlon's hard. Do a triathlon." Um, and so I kind of jumped into it and fell in love with it. Fell in love with the sport, and more importantly, through that, realized that I actually really did love who I was. So not only did I fall in love with the sport and create a passion, this huge passion for this sport that has not died off at all. I think, as you well know, I love the sport. I love everything about it. Um, and that kind of re sparked this. Yeah this passion for myself and this belief in myself. And it was like instantaneous. I remember being on the bike in the middle of this triathlon that I did smiling and being like, it was the first time I really, really, really smiled in quite some time. And, um, so I immediately finished that one, signed up for another one, and then qualified for age group, um, nationals. And just kind of through that, you know, process of, you know, going to age group nationals. And then I just, I knew that I always wanted to do more. I wanted to go harder. I wanted to take that next step. I wanted to push myself more. So I jumped in and did, I was like, well, the next step is, you know, Olympics are not that hard, ho- not that hard. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see my air quotes. <laughs> and if you're not, that is in massive air quotes because they are extremely hard. But at the time, my thought was, it just didn't feel like it was enough of a challenge for me. And I wanted to push my body, brain, soul, emotions to that next limit. And that was jumping into long course. Um, And I really, really fell in love with long course racing. Um, I just felt like that was where I belonged and that was kind of where I I wanted to be. Um, And so then that, you know, I did a 70 point threes for about a year and was doing pretty well at them. And again, I just wanted more. I wanted to see how far I could push and where I could, what I could find about myself on the other side. And that was exciting. And Ironman was that because yes, there's longer stuff out there in life, like hundred mile, like these are all produce similar response, but there is something about a full distance triathlon that is takes it to that next level. And I wanted a piece of it. Mm -hmm. Correct. I think that's why I still love, I think that's why I still love triathlon. Cause no matter where you're at, even, even now, like I've reached, I've hit that professional level. And that was that goal of mine that pretty sure I told you in like 2017 when we on our first call, like, Hey, I think I could take this to the professional level. Um, why I thought that I, know, I just believed in myself so much, but, It's that still, and someone asked me recently, okay, you've reached that goal that you've been working on for five years. Well, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay wanting to? And I said, well, a couple of things. One, I I just straight up love the sport. And that makes me, keeps me motivated. But more than anything, it doesn't mean that I'm done finding out more about me and finding more about how far I can go and who I can push myself to become. And, And you always find out every time, every training day, every race, Always find out a little bit more about who is on the other side. And that is really powerful and why I love this work. Yeah. Right. Yep, always always. Um I I'll, I've always wanted to excel just in general. I just like to excel. Um I was the I was that person who and so when I switched from 5th to 6th grade, you know, in 5th grade I think you just get like performance grades, right? Like you did excellent. Yay. Um and in 6th grade you start getting a b c d's. Well, I went to my parents and said, I'm going to be a Val Victorian And they said, well, that's great, Kayla. That's awesome. I said, no, I will get straight A's from now until 12th grade. And I did, I think I got an A minus one, A minus, but I got straight A's and that, I think that's the best example of just, I've always wanted to excel. Always wanted to reach for something. I always wanted to kind of push that limit and, um, whether, you know, and so I in sport was always just, you know, I was just wanted to improve. Um, I I was kind of in a in a space where I've really come into my own I always had potential and I could see the potential and I could I just never felt like I could totally grasp it until I got out of college. Um and then I've I've definitely one of those people that um have excelled more out of college and it really kind of came down to I think though, that's a that's a confidence issue. Um I always knew I had potential, but I could just never touch that potential. I think it really came down to just not believing in myself quite enough to do it. Mhm. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> Mm -hmm. no no it is it's, it's part of who we are and it probably wouldn't have led to where I am now so we're on some weird path and that path is whatever it needs to be Yeah. Yep. Yep. I basically just went to him and said, I'm gonna do this and they said, uh, Okay. Well, go for half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope, that was uh it was my I was gonna do it. And it was hard because I, I definitely had some pieces in school that I struggled with, but it I would go to I'd go early, I'd stay late, I I did all the things to do it. So Um, yeah, no, so I think if we're really just, if we want to talk to her in general, or, and, and, and and I'm I'm going to sound a little bit repetitive in this instance, but really does inspire me is again, just how much I love the sport, and my, my, my drive. And I think that's a big piece of it. I, the fact that I love to push myself is a big inspiration for me. And it's often what I, when it gets hard, it's kind of what I turn, turn back to, Um, you know, when I don't want to or anything like that, or it's tight, I'm tired. And, been long and my kids haven't slept and I haven't slept in years and I just always go back to how much I love what I'm doing and not even necessarily again it's a triathlon it's that big piece of it but that that desire to kind of push myself and to always you know find out what more is going on and so that's a big big inspiration for me um so you know for kind of you know it's a little bit threefold. And again, then the next piece, it really, my kids are a big inspiration for me. And it's not just them necessarily, but it's showing them that mom did not necessarily give up on a dream. And I was having a conversation with somebody else about this. And she said, well, what happens if you, you know, your kids just aren't interested in triathlon? And I said, well, that's not necessarily the point of why I'm doing triathlon. And what I want to show them, what I want to show them and what inspires me and what keeps me going is and motivates me in that, in that sense, what keeps me dedicated to this particular sport is that this is my passion. And what the point is not to have them be into triathlon, though, I hope maybe that they do love it like I do, but to show, to show that if you are passionate about something, you have to work hard at it and that you should never give up on yourself and that the that belief and confidence in yourself is one of the, like your most prized possessions. And so that is what I can what I can show them through triathlon. And it really doesn't matter, you know, what it is. And she said, Well, what if there's not even sport? Like what if they're a nerd? And I said, I was a nerd. Like if we go back to that, go back to my my Val Victorian example maybe that's what I just needed to want to show, but to show them that they can do that, that they can be driven to set a goal, work towards a goal, be dedicated and disciplined to it and, and ride the ups and downs and still come out the other end, happy and confident in who they are. So that's kind of the big piece, um, you know, big piece for me. And then, you know, lastly, this will sound a little bit cliche, but in the world that we live in is a very social media driven world. And through that, you know, there's a lot of Chance for us to um, inspire others, and that actually is, it does inspire myself. I want to help other. I have been down that road where I didn't believe, I didn't have confidence, I, I did not like myself at all, and it caused a lot of problems. And I want to show other people that you you can believe what the power that belief in yourself can do, and what it can help motivate you through. Um, and so that actually does that that inspires me. So. Kind of a threefold answer for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: hmm <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt, I felt the shift between my first kid and my second kid. So if we're talking Chelsea Sedaro, my, my second kid Baylor is the similar age to Chelsea sodaro's uh, little girl sky. And what um, I, there was a huge shift between, and my kids are only six and they're barely, not even a year and a half apart. I think they're like, I think they're like, 14ish month 14 to 16 months apart So I'm more in that range so um that you know i got pregnant less than a year <laughs> um after having my first and i saw a shift in that last year from my first kid with my first kid i had a lot of backlash towards what as you know and what if it, people that do follow me i was very open about the mental and emotional struggles that i had with pregnancy the fact that i didn't really want to be pregnant that I was, that I was sad that I was missing out, that, that I struggled to find connection being pregnant. I didn't love, I hated pregnancy. Um, and that I was very, very adamant that that I was not going to change my life because this kid was coming into it. I was going to fit the kid into my life. And I got a lot of backlash for that. Um, and I had to constantly fight for what I believed in and not give up and, and, and I definitely had some hate for it. Didn't feel that at all. Didn't feel that at all when I was pregnant with Baylor, basically didn't get any of it. So huge shift, even in that one year timeframe. Um, and I think a piece of that, you know, does have a, a lot of, you know, professional women across the board. I mean, we we're, we're, that started to show they could, I mean, look at Serena Williams who came back after having her kid. Um, you know, and she's a, you know, she's a big name, Care Care Goucher. Um, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of people, Sarah True, um, Chelsea Sodaro, uh, Rennie Carefree, like lots of, you know, higher people started to do this and started to show that it can be, um, you know, and so I just hope that, you know, at the time I was just a, you know, just, I don't like to use just an age grouper because I believe the age groupers are important and that we. Um, I just came from that world. And you have to be an introvert to get to where you need to. But I think that, you know, my hope is that being a little bit more on less is the high profile to show that, hey, we can still do these great things, no matter who we are, we don't have to be the, the professional athlete to do them. So
0: Mhm.
1: Mhm. Yeah, um I really think uh, one one thing that's really important um and I and I, this is going to sound a little bit cliche and I tell this to my I tell this to my athletes all the time when we're doing doing pre-race calls is have fun. And this sounds so dumb and it sounds so like, well, that's lame and like not really that great of a tip, um, but it's not a cop-out, but it's, it's so true. The more fun that you have with what you're doing, the easier everything is. This comes down to racing and training and the more that you can kind of say, I'm, I'm out here to have fun, like, right, we choose to do this. We're choosing this. We, we, we choose to swim. We choose to bike. We choose to run. And Most likely, if you're choosing to do an Ironman, you are in love with one or two or three of the disciplines. You love it right? That's why we get started in it. Remember that because the training is hard. It's going to be hard. It it is. it's, It's hard. It's long. It's a lot. So if you have fun with it, everything else becomes easier. So that's probably my number one. And I think it's important for people to remember across the board. And you'll you'll hear professionals that the ones that have the best races are the ones that go out there and they're before them. Yes, they have a race plan. Yes, they have numbers they potentially want to hit. But their number one goal is to remember that they love what they do and they're out there to have fun. And so I think that's super important that you have to remember that. And that has to be a big foundation of what it is that you're doing.
0: Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. and i think that's just really really key um and that kind of leads into like my next tip a little bit is to don't overfocus on the data especially as a beginner. And honestly, I think everybody should not overfocus on the debt. I was actually listening to um, the uh, podcast done with uh, Christian Blumenthal and Gustav um, Eden's um, coach. And he said, they're very, right. They're very, they're very scientific and all these pieces, but he said, at the end of the day, these are just ways for you to understand your body a little bit more, but they're not the end all be all at the end of the day. It's still you and your pace. Everything else is fairly irrelevant. Right. And I think that's really, and yeah, it's very important because, um, it's really easy in the world that we live in, especially honestly, as a beginner, um, to get really caught up in, oh, my power needs to be this way. My pace needs to be this way. I need my heart rate needs to be here. Um, my lactate needs to be this. And, and in, rea- in reality, you, as a beginner, you're going to grow a lot. So let yourself grow, let yourself grow. Don't put so much expectation on exactly what you need to be at. And just allow yourself to be present in who you are at the moment to grow within that. And so, you know, numbers are important and data is important, but it is not the end all be all to, you know, who you are. And 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 on top of that, everybody is different. One athlete can ride 250 watts in a 70.3, and the other rides 220. And you know what? They may come across the line in the same amount of time. They're just different athletes and they produce different pieces. It's not, you know, so um especially as a beginner try to let go of some of those pieces and use it more as a guideline to help you grow but to stay really present and in within what you're doing and that 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 present piece is that last piece um the more present that you can be in setting you know being intentional about who and what you're doing and why you're doing it and the, the 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 foundation of why you got into this the more fun all of it is You do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to have, and and I think it's important to like, you're going to have good days and bad days and those numbers don't always matter. Um, Ah, yes, very much. Yep. hmm Yep. hmm Yes. Yeah. And I though, I for me, I will say for me, I think that a lot of that comes from the excitement that I get from it. Like that, that I think, and that that's an that innate desire to always want to improve and always want to try. Um, and that's actually, you know, a, a, a piece of, that's always been something I've, I've been like, okay, you need to just celebrate what, you, what just occurred. Um, and um I mean, I tell that to my athletes all the time. I say, don't, we don't want to talk about it for 24 to 48 hours because you need to just be present in in, in what it is that you're feeling in this moment and then move on. Yeah. And so I, you know, I think one of the main reasons I got into mental performance coaching, it really comes down to kind of what we've talked about, like in this, in this, this whole podcast, this the power that I found from making this switch of not believing in myself to believing in myself and what it did for me um, and what, uh, who it allowed me to become and seeing, kind of seeing what that has done for me over the years. Um, And I really, wanted to kind of help other athletes to find that as well because I noticed with as as a triathlon coach myself that a lot of times what I was working with athletes on mostly again wasn't the data but trying to get them to come to terms with who they are being present within it belief in the confidence themselves and then how to kind of cultivate that and I wanted to do that on a little bit bigger scale on a bigger level um and to then to kind of provide and kind of share my expertise of what I've learned from myself and then, you know, my, my learnings and stuff like that. So, um, I offer mental performance coaching, which is based, you know, is, and I do it one-on-one is the main way that I do it, um, with, um, eight week and 12 week programs where we just, we, uh, they're, they're very fluid. So I don't have like a specific structure that I do have for them, but they're very, very fluid to help working through what roadblocks it is that you might be experiencing with. And usually, obviously my niche is obviously triathletes and athletes, but I often find that we go down the realm of like work and and life and those pieces because they all um, interconnect. And I think that's also why I love triathlon so much is because what you learn in triathlon, you can take into the rest of your life. Um, um, And so we really kind of focus on those. I, my main focus and what I think I speak the most on, which is my little bit of my niche, is what I call the self-series, self-talk, self-confidence, self-belief, um, and what that can do for you. Um, because they really are kind of the foundations of mental performance, um, which is a widespread and, and very vast <laughs> um, uh, concept Um, and really what I do is just try to help cultivate, um, belief and passion for yourself, um, you know, through rewiring how you talk to yourself. And I think that's the important piece with mental performance is a lot of times we think, oh, well, we need to change. Well, no, not really. We are already who we need to be, but we need to rewire how we talk to ourselves so that we can actually get the best out of ourselves. Um, and that's what I really try to focus on. Um, so right now, again, the right now, the main way that I work with athletes is on a one-to-one basis. I do, um, um, will be having, um, some other, uh, avenues come out in the new year, um, which I'm not going to go into any detail on because I have still working out on them and I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. Um, so yeah, that's and yeah, it's kind of the main, main thing that I do and why, again, why I started it is because. There was so much power. It did so much for me to how I changed my mindset in it. And I've had to do it many times. I've gone gone through it, you know, back in 2013 was a big shift for me. And then again, you know, kind of in 2017 range, um, I made a big shift. And then um, when I got pregnant with my first kid, I had to make a big shift. And all of it, the reason I was able to come out of all of it was because, I, I didn't necessarily focus on external, but I focused on internal pieces and, um, it's very powerful. Um, you can uh, basically just reach out to me, um, either via, um, Instagram's a great way I'm smart where I'm definitely the most active um and that's where you feet take you or you can look up caleb out you'll find me or um you can also head over to my website which is where um and we just set up a a consult a 30 minute free consult to kind of chat um about potentially you know what it is and to go over you know how i could potentially help just to make sure that we you know are good fit and you feel like you are going to get what you need um and then we dive in and go for it Yeah, thank you. Awesome. That's how you, that's how you start an Ironman. You have to, you have to be excited for it. You have to want to do it. And that comes from inspiration and wherever you find that inspiration, you know, it can be found in a lot of different, you know, a lot of different avenues. And that's really cool. That's why, that's why, that's another reason why I travel' so cool. You go to a start line and you see just, everybody's got a story of why they were there and everybody's story is different. Good
0: mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: Always here, I'd love anything I can do to help. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks. (laughs)